What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You have me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, justice, and charity. The list goes on and on and on. I will then sit with your questions, pray with them, study them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's good for you to become a saint. But my disclaimer is this, I am not perfect, therefore the advice that I share with you, the responses I give to you might not be good for you. If that's the case, please reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to be in relationship with God. But if my advice is helpful or difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into Christ more in prayer, study, fellowship, worship, uh, and service to the poorest. The poorest so that our Lord Jesus Christ can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you are a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell out A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also radius and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and all the podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages as well. This will help other people to find out about the show. If it's good for you, potentially it could be good for other people as well. On today's show, we are going to address three questions the optional prayers at mass the marian apparitions and one more question oh why reading the bible is like necessary and important for everybody but before we get into those uh the topics i want to share with you a glory story So my glory story is this. I just got back from uh, our our mission immersion in in Mexico, and it was it was so beautiful. Uh, it was hot. It was hot. We were coming in hot, hot, like a fajita. Uh, it was hot, 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 hot. And uh, the people there were just so beautiful. They were so hungry for the Lord. And some of the villages that we visited in the jungles, the people only get to worship God at the holy sacrifice of the mass ten times a year. Other villages might get 12 times and other villages might get 24 times. But can you imagine only being able to go to mass 10 to 12 times a year? Ah, so the people were so grateful for uh, the mass and the confessions that we were able to listen to and hear and absolve the sins and the uh, people who were able to be anointed uh, who were sick. And it just, it was, it was such, such a gift. So there were so many beautiful things and it just reminded me of the gift of the priesthood and the gift that we have, at least here in the United States of America, where we have mass available, not uh, just 10 times a year, but I mean, in different dioceses, you have mass multiple times a day, right? In different parishes. Some parishes do up to three masses a day. Some have two masses, some, some do one, but I mean, at least every single day in most places in the USA, we have mass available all the time. So it was just a, a great reminder. So that's one glory story. Two glory story is 
My book's coming out. My new book, On Earth As It Is In Heaven, Restoring God's Vision for Race and Discipleship, will be coming out uh, next month. And so in, in a month, in less than a month, in April, you can order my new book at com, and I believe on Amazon.com as well. So that will be available next month. So I'm super excited about that. We've been working on that project for over six years, and it is finally coming out. And so it's a book to help leaders in the church, whether they're bishops or priests or religious, whether they're youth ministers or DREs or catechists, whether they're parish administrators or volunteers or teachers or principals in campus ministry, uh, anyone who is a leader in the church, lay, lay person, consecrated religious or ordained clergy, it's a book for you um, to to really learn how to fulfill the demands of discipleship and do what Jesus Christ asked us to do in the gospel before he ascended into heaven. He said, go and make disciples of all of all nations. And the word nations is translated from the Greek word ethnos, which means ethnicities. And if we look around many of our parishes, our, our church parishes, the geographical boundaries, uh, the neighborhoods, the businesses, and the schools have people of many different ethnicities. But then we look at our church, and unfortunately in our church, 11 o'clock a.m. on Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in America still. And so what can we do to help our church look like the community that the parish is living in? How can we cultivate discipleship amongst all ethnicities, amongst people of every different language and gender and age? And so in this book, uh, I give a lot of stories and practical examples and details of what we could do to pray better and to work better to uh, console the heart of Jesus, who desires that we all may be one. John 17, he prayed right before he died, Father, that they may be one with us. And so if we want to be one together, then we need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If we want to fulfill the demands of discipleship really well, then I want to encourage you to get the book, On Earth As It Is In Heaven, Restoring God's Vision for Race and discipleship. Um, and so that would be out in April. So check that out. Super excited about, about that. That being said, let's go ahead and jump into today's show. All right. First question comes in from D. D reminds me when I was in in preschool, there was a girl named D.A. And I was in preschool with her, in elementary school with her, in middle school with her, in high school. And we even went to college together and we're still friends today. So D, uh, not D.A., writes this. Why do some churches recite certain prayers like the Confidior prayer or the St. Michael prayer and others do not? Is it up to the priest or the congregation? It's a really good question, D. So uh, it is up to the priest. And so we have options. If you have a Roman Missal, in the Roman Missal, there are a number of different options whenever we celebrate Mass. There's four Eucharistic prayers, one, two, three, and four. Um, in addition to the Eucharistic prayers, there are a number of different options uh, to do in the beginning of Mass. Whenever we confess our sins, some people do the I confess to Almighty God and to my brothers and sisters that I've greatly sinned prayer. Other people do a trope of Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Other people do both and. And so it's 
options that the church provides for the priest to, to, to celebrate, just like we have different options of different masses to celebrate. Sometimes we could celebrate a, uh, a mass uh, to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Other times a priest could celebrate mass on his birthday or mass for himself. He could do masses um, of different saints. And so we have a lot of different options that are available to us in the Roman Missal. And so it's up to the discretion of the pastor of the parish what prayers are recited at mass. Uh, specifically with the St. Michael prayer, are, we would call those the Leonine prayers. Those are a set of prayers that were first promulgated by Pope Leo XIII back in the day, in 1884, not 19, in 1884, um, for use after the low mass. But it was not part of the mass itself. It happened at the end of the mass. Um, so St. Pius X, um, he also added prayers too. But essentially, uh, since 1884, many churches have prayed the St. Michael prayer after Mass. And so these prayers uh, weren't, I would say, abolished, but they're just not something that were necessary to be recited after Mass as of 1964, but they still remain optional. And so like, if you come to my Mass at my church uh, and there's no music at the end of Mass, uh, we always, like for a daily Mass at LSU, we always recite the St. Michael prayer. And we've done this throughout the church's history for different reasons. Typically, they have been invoked for a particular protection against the enemy's attacks against the body of Christ and the church, the the sins that are being committed in the, in the world, like like war and, and abortion and capital punishment and racism, um, and, and for the progress of the church to continue to fulfill the mission of Jesus Christ to make disciples of all nations. So uh, it is up to the pastor and or the bishop. The bishop of a diocese can also mandate that uh, all of his priests recite the St. Michael prayer after Mass. And there have been bishops throughout the history of the church who have done this. Pope Francis, he um, has recommended all Catholics recite the St. Michael prayer throughout their day as well. So, because he recognizes that, that we are in a spiritual battle, that we are in a battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And so Pope Francis and many other bishops have encouraged us to recite these prayers. And so if you don't already do it, I would encourage you to at least do it as an individual person at, at home and in school um, and at work. And then if your pastor does it at church, then I would encourage you to join him in that prayer because we are in a battle and uh, we need all the help we can get, particularly from the saints and angels. So that's why we say certain prayers. And uh, yeah, next question comes in from Caroline. Caroline, sweet Caroline writes this. Why are there Marian apparitions? Hey, Father Josh, I'm wondering if you might be able to talk a little bit about Marian apparitions. I've been hearing about more of them lately, and I guess I'm a little confused as to why they happen. Are they just random? Does Mary look different every time? And so let's go ahead and respond to this question. They are not just random and yeah, Mary does look different every time. So if you go back to the Bible, apparitions happen all through the Bible. Uh, angels appeared in the Old Testament to, to Lot, and, and angels appeared to a number of different people, all up to them appearing to, to Mary. The angel Gabriel appeared to Mary. Uh, Moses and Elijah, uh, Moses, who had been dead for thousands of years, appeared to Jesus uh, in front of Peter, James, and John on the top of Mount Tabor with Elijah, who was taken up into heaven. And so they had an apparition uh, that was witnessed in the Bible on the top of the mountain. And, and since then, apparitions continue to happen. Now, Jesus, after he resurrected from the dead, he was in his glorified body. And in the glorified body, he did not look like the historical Jesus. And so when the apostles and the disciples saw him in the glorified body, many of them did not recognize him. If you remember the account of him accompanying the disciples on their journey to the road to Emmaus, they didn't recognize him until the Eucharist, until he broke the bread in front of them. And it was during the holy sacrifice of the mass that they were able to perceive the presence of, of Christ. And like, oh, this is, this is Jesus. So 
Our glorified body does not look the same as our historical bodies. So because Mary has been assumed into heaven by the grace of God, when she appears on earth, she appears on earth in her glorified body. And again, the glorified body does not look the same as the historical body. So the same will happen to us. Whenever we are reunited body and soul in heaven at the end of time, our bodies will not look the same. They will be glorified. So in a glorified body, Christ can look however he wants. So when Jesus appears all over the world in different apparitions to different saints, he looks different each time. And likewise, so does our blessed mother. When she appeared in Cabello, Africa, she appeared as a black woman. When she appeared in Fatima, she appeared as a white woman. When she appeared in Guadalupe, she appeared as an indigenous woman. And so over and over again, whenever our Blessed Mother appears, she looks like the people she's appearing to. It's enculturation because she wants for them to be able to recognize her and listen to her and realize that they too are called to holiness, that they too are called to become saints. Uh, and so there's a lot of things that even happen in different apparitions, the way she dresses, that will speak volumes to those people in that land, that if you're not from that land or in relationship with those people, why she wore what she wore would not make sense. And so that's why it's really important that we're proximate to everybody and we're open to learning from every different culture that is out there around the world. Now, are Marian apparitions just random? No. God grants them because apparitions of our, our Blessed Mother are always a time for her to emphasize and punctuate what is already fully present in the church's ordinary teaching. But for this reason or that reason, the ordinary teaching of the church has been or is being neglected or misunderstood. And so she comes to like check us and to bring us back to discipleship. This is precisely what she did when she appeared in Guadalupe, Mexico, a number of years ago. A number of the Catholics who were supposed to be missionaries were doing some pretty corrupt things to the indigenous people. And a lot of the indigenous people of that land were doing some pretty pagan things that were not good for their relationship with the Lord. And so Mary came to correct everybody. She was checking everybody. Nobody was safe. She was like, pow, 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 like, get your act together. And she drew all these people to relationship with her son, Jesus Christ, in the church. She founded it over 2,000 years ago. So anytime the teachings of the church are being neglected uh, by leaders in the church or by people in the church, Mary will come and she will get us right, uh, get that act right on us. Um, but also sometimes she might come to prepare us for an extraordinary crisis and invite us to pray and to fast for that um, extraordinary event to not happen, right? Because uh, our prayer and our fasting is powerful and we can uh, move mountains through our prayer and fasting. And so every now and then she will she will do that for us. And so, so that's why our Blessed Mother invites us uh, to pay attention to her apparitions. Now, with that being said, if we know more about Marian apparitions than we do about the ordinary teachings of the church, i.e. the sacred scriptures and the catechism of the Catholic Church, then I would really encourage us to uh, reorient our attention to, to Jesus. Every time Mary appears, she points us to Jesus. And so she doesn't want us to like become like experts on her apparition. She wants us to be like experts on Jesus. And so like if we know everything about the three secrets of Fatima, but we don't know what the Ten Commandments are, then that's an issue. And we need to get uh, that a check from heaven to, you know, get us to to be about what God's about. So again, they're, they're always gifts. They're, they're gifts for us, but they are not the norm. Like they are they are extra toppings to our faith that that help us to be rooted in the ordinary aspects of Christian discipleship, uh, which is going to mass every Sunday and praying every day and going to confession 
as often as we find ourselves in sin and serving the poorest of the poor, like God tells us to do in Matthew chapter 25 and not committing adultery and not committing murder. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, whatever. So like the, the demands of discipleship are pretty clear to us. The basics are pretty clear to us in the Bible. Right. And so if we're living that out, then we're good. So with that being said, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we get back, we will respond to our final question about why reading scripture is for everybody. I'm Jeff Cavins. I wrote The Activated Disciple because I know how easy it is to practice the faith and to study it, but what if we lived our entire lives without doing what we learned? God doesn't just call us to be students. He calls us to be disciples, to look and live like Jesus. If you yearn for a life that moves beyond just studying and believing, if you yearn to become an activated disciple, then this book is for you. The Activated Disciple teaches you how to take your faith to the next level so you can become an instrument for God to transform the world. To order The Activated Disciple, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we're back. Quick reminder, you can share us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats and on your social media pages that will help other people to find out about the show. And uh, don't forget the new book, On Earth As It Is In Heaven. Uh, it's the passion project that I've been praying with and working on for six years is coming out in a month at ascensionpress.com. So please be sure to pre-order that um, and toward the end of April. You can pre-order it toward the end of April and it will be sent to you sometime in May. Uh, but that book is coming out soon. So please get that and share it with your your family and your friends, because I just really believe that this is the generation. We are the generation that can console the heart of Jesus by actually doing what Jesus Christ invites us to do. And that's getting out of our little holy huddles in our comfort zones and accompanying people of every race, nation, tribe, and tongue on earth as it will be in, in heaven. All right. So last question is about reading scripture. And it comes from Ben. Ben writes this, Hey, Father Josh, my parents are really faithful Catholics, but we're never really exposed to scripture and haven't read it much outside of mass. I've brought up how much I've learned from the Bible studies and how important scripture is in my spiritual life, but they don't seem interested and have said that they just don't really read the Bible. I have fallen in love with scripture and I think it's important for everyone to read and pray with. How can I help my parents to get into scripture? Do you have some tips? Ben, yeah, Ben, this is actually really cool. And I would agree with you. We all should read scripture. St. Jerome says ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. And the church really invites all of us to receive this great gift that God has given to us that so many of us neglect. Uh, I think one problem that many of us have is sometimes we might experience a particular expression or devotion that is meaningful to us. And then we push it on other people. Like we might go to an axe retreat and because we had a profound encounter at an axe retreat, we think everybody and their mama should do axe retreats. And though I appreciate axe retreats and though I promote axe retreats and have participated in them, I think they are very helpful for the body of Christ. I do not think everybody should do it. Other times we might go on a silent retreat and we might have a profound experience at a silent retreat at Manresa. And we might think, well, everybody should do a silent retreat. And though I love silent retreats and I actually go on one every single year, I do an eight day once a year. I don't think 
everybody and their mama should do eight-day silent retreats. So sometimes when we have a personal devotion, we try to push on other people. Reading scripture is not a personal devotion. It is not the same thing as a novena or uh, a devotion to the shoulder wound of Jesus or participation on an axe retreat or a silent retreat or going to a Steubenville conference or the seat conference or a life dean camp or, or whatever. Scripture is for everybody and a mama and a daddy. So, Ben, I'm grateful that the Lord has wooed you and, and pursued you and invited you and you've responded so generously to his voice in the word of God. So how can we then help other people, particularly our family, come to also grow in their relationship with God through the word of God? Well, I think a number of things. First of all, your witness. Remember, St. Pope Paul VI says, the world today no longer listens to teachers, only the witnesses. And if they listen to a teacher, it's because that teacher was first and foremost a witness. So my brother, are you a witness? Are you a witness to the joy of the gospel? So I would encourage you to let them see your, your charity, your patience, your kindness, your, your gentleness, your virtues that are the fruit of the time you spend with God's word. And randomly bring up when they ask you, hey, what'd you do this past week? Bring up the Bible study you participated in and share with them how it's impacting your life and your faith and your relationship with God. Just drop little nuggets here and there. Then maybe share with them via text message uh, uh, the Father Mike Schmitz and Jeff Cavins by one of your podcasts. Like once a day, just send it to them. That way they are free to listen to it. If maybe you start a group chat with them and your siblings, and that way it's not just them being targeted, but it's everybody is being invited to this journey that you are currently on. So that way they can study the Bible because sometimes people don't approach the Bible because they don't know what it means. So the Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in your podcast and the Jeff Caven's Great Adventure Bible Timeline are great tools that can be given to them as gifts for them to come to know more about the the bigger picture of salvation history in the word of God. Then maybe starts with like simple things like once a week, go over the house, and watch an episode of The Chosen with them after they visually see the Word of God in The Chosen. And again, The Chosen is not perfect. There are elements of that show that are clearly not in line with the church, but it's still a very good show. Um, and you, if they maybe see the visual of The Chosen or watch the visual of The Passion of the Christ, then that can inspire them to eventually read the Word of God and now see the Word of God as they as they're reading through it. Um, if you have the financial means, maybe go on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land and with a group of people and somehow raise money for your parents to go too. If they see the sites where Christ walked, that could also inspire them to want to read after they've seen the place with their eyes. And then finally, whenever you're home, pray Lexio Divina with the scriptures early in the morning while drinking coffee, but make sure they like, again, see you doing it. Obviously, I know people are going to say, but aren't you supposed to pray in secret? Yeah. So pray in secret too, but also like pray in public. That way they see your witness. Like, man, our son is really loving this, the scriptures. And so if you do it, then they might eventually ask you about it and you can teach them how to pray Alexa Divina with like the mysteries of the rosary in the word of God, or even be more simple than that and invite them to start listening to the Bible stories on the Hallow app at night. And so that way they're hearing the word of God read. So as long as you're hearing the word of God being read, being proclaimed, then you will be impacted by the word of God as well. Uh, and if there's any Bible studies going on at the parish, then eventually invite them to join that as well. So they can walk with people their own age who they might feel more comfortable talking with and walking with. Uh, it's very difficult to evangelize their own families. So I always pray, well, God, will you please send people into their lives for those people to have an impact on them and their relationship with you and their walk toward eternity. With that being said, let's go ahead and wrap up today's show. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your for your mother, our, 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 our lady, the Blessed Virgin. 
We thank you for the gift that, that she is and that your scriptures are to the church. I ask that through the intercession of St. Michael and all the saints in heaven, that you continue to purify us and heal us and restore us and transform us in our walk toward becoming saints. We ask this prayer, Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I shall. It's been a gift. God bless and deuces. Deuces.